What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fansided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. Welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I am Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts of Rocks Pile. And as always, I am joined by my friend and fellow co-expert, Kevin Henry, who is in Colorado. But I not am. for long. Kevin, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Counting down to opening day, counting down to opening weekend at Coors Field. Looking forward to it, my friend. Uh, the weather is going to be phenomenal, it sounds like, here in Colorado. Which, of course, that means you have to be in Fargo, North Dakota. Exactly. Exactly, day. where snow is predicted. So, uh, you know, why not? But I'm going to tell you, it is going to be quite the weekend, and it's going to be quite the season. And I know that you and I are going to kind of tackle some thoughts, predictions, maybe even forecasts here, uh, other than the weather. Yeah, that's what, as we were talking about right before we got on. I mean, in a way, it's it it's the Rockies in a nutshell. It's so hard to predict. Yeah. Part of it is it's 162 games where. Even last year with 162 games, we kind of knew, okay, they're they're paring down some. Now they're starting to ramp up. And I mean, if if you look at the team as they're currently constructed, are they a playoff team? Probably not. But if they get 500 by the August 2nd trade deadline, which right. if you haven't heard, that was announced a few days ago, August 2nd at 4 p.m. Mountain Time. So a little bit later than usual, if I'm not mistaken, in the day. And then a few days later, of course, as well. Um, if the Rockies are 500 by then, they're probably going to be buyers. So if they're buyers, they could also... Uh, uh, the, Maybe they could be a playoff team. And you also have to look at the rest of the NL. And to to be quite honest, the NL, uh, 
and really in, in baseball in general, the past few years, we'd seen a lot of disparity, the haves and the have nots. 2021, there were only seven teams that lost 90 or more games. In 2019, that number, I believe it was 11 teams. And if you look in 2019 as well, there was, I believe there was 400 plus lost teams. There was one, if I'm not mistaken, last year. So you're starting to see where the two leagues are getting a little bit closer. Yep. Not to mention the NL. A has another playoff spot. AL does too, but you're adding the DH. Yep. The DH was a big factor in the American League, quite frankly, being the better league in my lifetime. Look, the last 25 years, look at the All Star games. You want to know what the record of the NL is since 1997 in the All Star games? Bring it. I will, I, I'm going to double check this. I be, they have won. I know they've won three games. And of course, there was the tie in 2003 in Milwaukee. Yep. Oh yeah, the infamous. So I believe it's three twenty and one. That tells you right there the American League's the better league. Maybe we start to see with the DH it coming a little bit closer, where the National League can compete on a regular level now. Also, too, like if you if you get rid of like say the Giants, outside of the Giants and Cardinals, look at the World Series teams in the last 20, 25 years. Almost all American League. Yep. Yeah. And and you know, one thing to go back to your August 2nd trade deadline that I think is very interesting is that the Rockies will be playing a double header in San Diego on yes, August yes. 2nd. So technically, the trade deadline will happen uh, during the game. So I think that the during the first game at least. So I think that'll be really interesting to see what the Rocks do and if there's any kind of drama in that first game of the doubleheader in San Diego for either team. You know, because the Padres could be doing the same exact thing too. Yeah. So, so yeah, for the All Star games, the tie was in two thousand and two. 2003 was in uh, commit at the time it was Comiskey, then U.S. Cellular, then guaranteed right now. But the National League, since 1997, they won the All Star game in 10, 11, and 12. That's it. It's crazy. Crazy. Well, and I think that, you know, let, let's dial back to the Rocks this year, you know, and, and as you said, the National League, in my book at least, really drops off after the Dodgers and Braves. I think that there's a there's a drop off to that second level. You could argue Brewers Cardinals. I would yeah, I would say maybe the Brewers in that category if if yeah. you can hit. If I, Christian Yelich is a league average player there. That, yeah. And and I will tell you that's one of the things and and I'm skipping ahead here, but one of the things I'm most interested in seeing this season is what do Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger do? I'm really curious to see what two former MVPs do this year, both of whom had very bad seasons last year. One, even even with the Dodgers, okay, one through seven in your lineup is really good. Bellinger stinks. Sorry, I'm going to preface it. He stinks. He's off. Gavin Lux is not an MLB-ready player. Sorry. And then Tony Gonsolin and Andrew Heaney are your four and five starters. Look at the bullpen after Gratterall, Trinan, and Kimbrell. 
You're going to rely on Daniel Hudson, Alex Vesia. I know, granted, it's the Dodgers. They always have some guy who breaks out and sure. you've never even heard of because he's he was sitting in, in Tulsa right now. I guarantee. Yeah, you. he's sitting in Tulsa or Rancho Cucamonga right yep. now, and yep. it, they just magically appear. But they're they're very much like the Yankees and the Mets, where they have a ton of injuries all the time. Not yeah, not yeah. to the same extent, but I mean, depth wise, we know that they are a better team than the Rockies. Tony Walters is in Oklahoma City, AAA for them. So is Kevin Pillar. So is Yancey Almonte. All three of those guys, former Rockies, if they were on the Rockies, with the possible exception of Almonte, they'd be in the major leagues with them. That yeah. tells you all you need to know right there. I, and I agree with that completely. And I do think that with the Dodgers, I think Lux and Bellinger aren't in the starting lineup too much for too long. I think I think yeah. if Bellinger have a very short leash. Yeah, I think if Bellinger struggles to start the season, absolutely. They figure out some other option there, which I think could, you know, again, knowing LA's depth, knowing that their farm system is still very stocked, uh there there could be somebody rise up and like I said could be in Tulsa, could be uh, you know, in Rancho Cucamonga, could be in OKC, who knows. Yeah. And then but, for the Braves, I mean, their lineup, I, to me, it's a more well-rounded lineup. The rotation is younger. The problem is, is the injuries there. And like Mike Soroka, he'll be coming back sometime during the year, but yep. you don't have him right away. The bullpen, I think, is better than the Dodgers as well. So to me, I would almost put it Braves in a class of their own. And then probably the Dodgers in with the Brewers. Interesting. Okay. Cardinals. Um, now the Dodgers, they outside of 2021, they have a longer postseason pedigree than the Braves. So who knows? But well, that's the thing with the NL. There's so many teams where you're like, okay, for example, the Padres. Okay, if they have the rotation that is healthy and pitches well, they should be decent. If Tatis was there and wasn't, and think about this for a comparison, real quick. Fernando Tatis Jr. and Troy Tulowitzki. Yeah, it's possible. Um, yep. Neither one of them are healthy. So you, I mean, look at their lineup six through nine. Will Myers, which he he's not playing in Coors every day. Austin Nola, Jerickson Profar, and Hassan Kim. Even your your middle uh, three. Jake Cronenworth, who's good. Luke Voigt, we don't know. And Eric Cosmer stinks. So <laughs> well, and have a great lineup. And and I fully expect San Diego and uh, Preller to keep making moves. I mean, they're, they've yeah. been rumored uh, with the Guardians. And, uh, you know, that could be a huge move, obviously, if, the, if they were to actually pull that off. Uh, I think that changes their, their lineup completely. But that's an if, obviously. Yeah. And. You know, and, and one thing about the Braves that I, I think, uh, and, and tell me if when you were looking at that lineup, was Acuna part of that? No. Yeah. See, I, I think there's your wild card right there. Yeah. Is that they are going to have Acuna back probably within a month or so. And I think that changes the dynamic of the team completely. Yeah. If you have him, if you have Soroka, I mean, the, the lineup right now is Eddie Rosario in right, 
Ozzy Albies, Matt Olson, Austin Riley, which Austin Riley is really was really good last year. Yeah, but he wasn't. An can he that. do it again? Yep, That's you wrote an article about that on Call of the Pen, if I remember correctly. Correct. Marcelo Zuna, we don't know because he didn't play last year, but when he has played, he's been very good. Another Rockies killer, Alex Dickerson, Adam Duvall, which Adam Duvall, you might not have known this, led the National League in RBI in 2021. Might hmm. not have guessed that. I would not have, actually. And he's hitting seventh in their lineup. Dancy Swanson and Travis Darnell. Yeah. No, Atlanta, Atlanta has depth. LA has depth. And I think that's where the Rockies are skating on thin ice yeah. For, yeah. for a lot of reasons. And, and we'll dive into this a little bit more after the break, but I want to tease it by saying that one of the big worst things that could happen to the Rockies this year are injuries, especially in the rotation. I, I think if there were any kind of injury to any of the starting pitching, it's a drop off completely, especially with the news that we got about Ryan Rollison. Uh, he's not going to be around for a while. Peter Lambert, uh, I think his starting on the 10 day uh, IL is uh, concerning at least. So I think that there is a lot of depth that the Rockies just don't have in starting pitching. So knock on some wood that somebody doesn't, you know, have a, a Kyle Freeland in spring training last year occur. Yeah. So, but let's, uh, let's, you think about the worst case scenario. We'll talk about it after the break here on the rocks pile Rockies report and Kevin Henry back alongside Noah Yingling on the rocks pile Rockies report. We are the co-experts at rockspile.com. Noah, I teased kind of what I thought was a worst case scenario for the Rockies for the break, talking about what injuries could do for this team, especially in the rotation and how that could be such a problem. I'm curious, what's what's a worst case for you? What's something that you go, if this happens, uh, there, there no, there's no way they're making the playoffs? I, I honestly, I, I would have to agree with you on that. If if Freeland, Marquez, Senzatella, and Gomber do not combine to make 125 starts, wow, yep, they're dead in the water. Yep. Chad Cool, kind of a wild card. I mean, you look at his home road splits in Pittsburgh, and they were not great. Now, there are some numbers, ground ball rate, spin rate on his fastball being low, that point to being good at Coors Field. But it's also Coors Field. I mean, you couldn't even have the mental aspect of, oh, I'm pitching at Coors Field, and, oh, I threw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball right down the middle, and it's going to be clobbered all the way up to you in Longmont. So, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's funny you say that because I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and he was talking about cool coming to, to Denver and what that was going to be like for him. And I said, you know, the good thing is that he has Austin Gomber sitting there who just went through it last year. Yeah. So it's a real recent thing, you know, Sensatella, you know, Marquez Freeland, it's part of their DNA, uh, you know, at this point, but Gomber can say, oh yeah, here's what I learned. And so I think that's going to be actually be a pretty big benefit for cool this year. Not to mention you you've brought this up before and you were i believe that you were the first one to point this out um can you tell me who his manager was in pittsburgh hmm would that have been clint the hammer hurdle just curious well my my, my. <laughs> i don't think that's a coincidence absolutely not i think i think hurdle has a lot to do with that 
And that's actually something that I hope to ask because uh, Cool is not expected to make his Rockies debut until they play in Texas, which is yep. the series after the Dodgers. So hopefully we'll have a little time to catch up with Chad Cool this weekend in the Rockies clubhouse uh, during the Dodgers series. By the way, Noah, uh, I don't know that I've even told you this. I will be in Texas for the two Rangers games because you got to see Globe Life last year. I want to see Globe Life this year. Now you just have to go to the barbecue places there that Trevor Story recommended. Which I'm okay with that. I'm all right with uh, recommending uh, Boston Red Sox shortstop Trevor Story and what he has to say about barbecue. Boston Red Sox second baseman. Get it right. Oh, well, you know, I may have some breaking news for you. You may have to check Rocks Pile, but no. Or it's, you're just a bad person. Uh, well, that too. You know, I, <laughs> I'm forecasting next year with shortstop. <laughs> okay. So, so we, so we got the gloom and doom over with best case scenario. Rockies wise. You got an idea or you want me to go first? I, I can go first. Um, okay, go. Chris Bryant, Brian McMahon, Brendan Rogers combined to have. 275 RBI. Wow. So roughly 90 apiece. That would be quite the contrast from a Rockies lineup that we've seen recently, for sure. Yeah. That would be I mean, as we, especially in 2021. And yeah. it's always fun talking with some of the other people that run our sister sites for the different other teams. And they're like, some of them know with the Rockies, okay, the, the, the lineup is not great. But then there's something like, oh, well, I mean, they're the Rockies. Of course they're going to hit. No. 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 Not really. I mean, you look at their top three RBI guys last year, Crone, McMahon, and Blackman. And Crone's a big factor, too. If he can have 28 homers and 92 RBI with Bryant, with McMahon, with Rodgers, dare I say you actually have a playoff team? Uh, I. You know, call say I've drunk the purple Kool Aid, but I don't. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I yep. really don't. And 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 I will tell you my best case, and it involves a guy you mentioned, Charlie Blackman. I think if he returns to form as the leadoff hitter and can really set the table for the guys to come after him, the Crones, the Rymax, the Bryants, the Rogers, those guys, and really set the table, I think this is a better team. You know, there was times last year that, you know, the famed swagger and dagger combo of Daza and Tapia at the top, and then Connor Joe, whenever he took over, there were, and Hampson even had a run at the top where they were good in those moments, but it wasn't a consistent good throughout the year. So I think that's where they've got to have Charlie be that consistent. He doesn't have to hit leadoff home runs. Just. Hit your doubles, hit your singles, set the base or set the table for what's going to come behind you. And if Charlie can do that in that veteran uh, leadoff spot, I love that. And that's the thing with, uh, I think the lineup construction is better. Yeah. Charlie Blackman doesn't have to hit fifth because look at his stats, 13 homers, 78 RBI, 25 doubles, hit 270 with a 351 on base percentage. That on base percentage of qualifiers was the second highest. The highest was Crone. But back onto the RBI real quick. With Crone, McMahon, and Blackman, those were your top three guys in RBI last year. And you want to guess how much they had total combined? Oof. Um, under 200? No. 
uh, uh, more than you might think. Okay. 56. Okay. All right. But if you're adding in Rogers and you're putting him in for 90 RBI or so 80 to 90 RBI, and you're putting in Bryant for that amount too, I, let's say 90 each, you're talking about five guys with an average of 87 RBI. If, if Crone McMahon and Blackman have the same exact numbers. Yeah. And, and I'll that's tell actually you, a, that's a very good lineup. That's a good lineup. And, and I do think this year's lineup is better. And, and I think that Bill Schmidt deserves some credit for making this year's lineup better. And there's so many people out there. that are so focused on, Oh, seven years for Chris Bryant. He's going to be so old when that's over with forget down the road. Think yeah, about yeah. this year. Think about next year and what he can do in, in those years. And, and I think that's where right now, and again, say what you will, but I, I can tell you if Rymac lives up to what he can do at the plate, if Bryant can actually be that doubles machine that everybody thought Daniel Murphy was going to be, and he never was, if Brendan Rogers can take the next step in his career, if Charlie Blackman can be back to being Chuck Nasty at leadoff, if CJ Crone can continue to do what he did during that Miami stretch last year when he was incredibly hot at Coors Field. And that's a lot of ifs, I know, but yeah. still it's possible. It is absolutely possible. And that's the thing where sitting here last year, we said, if they do this and 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 this, then they can be a competitive team. Now it's if they do this, 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 and this for fewer, this is they can actually be a playoff team. Yeah. That's the thing. Every team, as we just discussed in the first segment with the Braves and Dodgers, they have question marks too. But it's a matter of having your floor be higher, one. Yep, agreed. Two, having more depth and not having injuries. Yeah. And three, just having the overall consistency of with Orion McMahon. Okay, can he hit, can he be a 40 home run hitter? and a hundred RBI guy like he was in the first two and a half months of the year. Or is he somebody that you should have as a leadoff guy as he was in the rest of the season where he didn't hit for any power, but his on-base percentage went up 50 points. Yeah. Which one is he? And if you combine the two, that's exactly what he's been the last few years. The Rockies can't have that. They need to have one or the other. I agree. I agree with that completely. And I, and I do think that there are opportunities, you know, and, and yeah, I know we haven't talked a lot about, a lot about the shortstop position with Jose Iglesias and, and uh, even Gritchick coming on. But I will tell you this. One thing that I think, and you and I talked about this before we went on the air, that is important to know about this team is that I think if they are in contention at the trade deadline, Bill Schmidt will actually be aggressive. Yes. I, and I think that, you know, you can look back to last year and say, well, he didn't do anything with Story and Gray at the trade deadline. And you're right. You're absolutely right. But I think this year, if the Rocks actually have a chance, I absolutely think he'll pull the trigger and make that team better. And I, th- I think part of that is Bill Schmidt is smart enough to realize, hey, I made a mistake. It falls on me. I, I thought that we wouldn't get enough for Story or Gray, but particularly for Gray. Didn't give him the qualifying offer. He gets a four-year deal, kind of low-balled him. Okay, that's on me. So no, knowing that you made the mistake is one. 
but then actually fixing the mistake is the second one with yep. big brain Breidich. One, he didn't realize that he made a mistake. He just thought, oh, it's on the players. That's not on me. No, that part of your job is getting the right players there. And secondly, if you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you have always gotten. Yep. What did the Rockies do in 2019? What do they do in 2020? Same thing. If extrapolated out to 162 game season, they were the same exact team. Yeah. Same exact players, they're the same exact stuff, and you wonder why you got an equivalent to a 71-win team, because they were a 71-win team. That's why. You know, uh, we were talking, or I was talking over the weekend with Patrick Lyons, our friend from DNVR Rockies, and we were talking about, think back to that 2017 team and how they acquired Pat Neshek and Jonathan LaCroix uh, at the trade deadline. And how much better it made that team. And I know people right now are going, but Nisha gave up the triple in the wild card game. I know. I That's postseason. Yeah. But without them making those moves, the Rockies don't even get to the wild card game to play in Arizona. Yeah. So so I think that that, you know, and, and again, I will give Bryce credit for that. that. Those were good moves, but those were aggressive moves as well. And I think that that could be what we see from the Rockies this year as well. And he should have done more. Oh, Absolutely. And, and if he had done more, we wouldn't maybe have these conversations about uh, Mr. Arenado. Let's be honest. Yeah. I so. mean, one of the things, and it shows you how much things can change in five years. I remember because I was hired on at Roxpile in the middle of that year in July. And right at the deadline, I was thinking, this team's got to get at least two pitchers. This, this pitching staff stinks. And looking back, you're like, okay. I mean, they, they had the guys there, but Marquez was 22. Freeland was 24 and a rookie. Chatwood stunk. He had an ERA close to five, and he was walking five batters a game. Senzatella was 22. John Gray was 25. Jeff Hoffman couldn't pitch. So you look at that team, and you're like, Maybe they did need a starting pitcher. Yeah. Especially not. I mean, if you look at ERA plus, you see Marquez Freeland, Chatwood, Senzatella, Gray. They all pitched well by ERA plus, but they didn't have that veteran guy of. I'll I'll use a big name example. Max Scherzer. They didn't have that guy to. He is our ace. He is our guy that has had postseason experience can that can talk to the two 22-year-olds and the 24-year-old who's also a rookie and say, hey, this is how things are done and this is how you can calm your nerves in the postseason. So therefore, you have John Gray going into the All-Star game and metaphorically speaking, he wets himself. Yeah, I think that you know this year, though, I think the Rocks have a chance to be in the conversation. And if they're in the conversation, I think that they pull the trigger. They have some prospects that are landlocked for lack of a better term. Yes. You know? And so I think you could look Romo Montgomery. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but you have guys like Welker, you have guys like Valade, you have guys like uh, Tolia, even, you know, if you really want to get crazy that, you know, are you going to try to figure out a place for them on the roster now, or are you going to try to win? And I I think that that'll be really interesting to watch. Now I want to get your opinion on this one. Yep. You brought him up a little bit earlier. If you can get somebody in a trade like a Luis Castillo 
Brian Reynolds, somebody of that magnitude where they're, they're an all-star pitcher or player mm-hmm. and you get a year and a half, two years out of them. Are you willing to trade Ryan Rollins? You know, yeah, that's I think, completely out of the question of whether the team would want him considering he's been injured, but right. And if, that, and if that is something that gets the deal done, are you willing to trade Ryan Rollison? I, I think if the Rockies have a chance in their mind, it depends on how deep they think they can go in the postseason. Because again, making the playoffs this year, I think would be a great feather in the cap. Yeah. Are they going to beat the Dodgers or the Braves in a, in a longer series? I, I'm not sure. As they're constructed right now, I'm not so sure. And and we'll find that answer out with six games in L.A. to end the season, right? Yeah. You know, so I think that that tells you everything you need to know. Wouldn't that be great of the Rockies have to face the Dodgers the final six games of the season, and then and they either have to face them in the three-game wild card series, or ha- meaning right after, or they have to face them in the NLCS because – since it's a longer series, right. wouldn't worry about the division cool. series, but especially if they got, they had to play nine straight games against each other, you know, and, and I was talking again, back to Patrick Lyons. He and I were talking about what if the Rockies are fighting for that layoff last playoff spot. And that's what they've got to go through or six games in LA to get there. They'll be battle tested at that point. At least you could say that. Yeah. So, and at that point, do you make, um, shall I say an Octavio Dotel kind of move where you got two weeks left in the season. The dude can't pitch on the postseason roster, but uh, that's what the Rockies did in did 2010 you where, Hey, we get a draft pick from at the different draft pick rules at the time, yeah. but Hey, we get a draft pick for him. So if we're going to try there. and he might, he might hit a walk off Homer for us and yeah, that's worth it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it will be really interesting. And obviously, there's a lot of what ifs and what coulds. And that's why we play 162 game schedule. So let's get to the realistic side. Okay. We've yeah. kind of gone best case, we've gone worst case. Uh, you want to go realistic first? Or you owe me to. Uh, why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, I have historically been a guy who, um, shall we say, has been a little negative on what their, their season's going to look like. Uh, I have either woken up like Scrooge on Christmas morning and been visited by ghosts or something. I don't know, but I, I do think that they are a better team this year than people predict. I also think that if you're not hitting the bet of them winning the over this year, as far as victories go, uh, hop on that because there is no way the Rockies don't win more than 69 and a half or 70 games, depending on where you see it right now. If they're starting group. Rotation is yeah, and, and again, it's an if absolutely. Yeah. So I think if if their starting group holds together, I think this is a team that could well go 500 this year. I absolutely think that. First off, I wish I could bet on that. Fortunate, unfortunately, I live in Ohio where yeah. sports betting is legal, but not yet. So exactly, it, you know, but but soon maybe maybe n- not not in the next two days, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so the thing with that is if you look at the Rockies from a national point of view where and I've said this before, I, in fact, I, one of the times I said it was with Patrick on uh, there on the DNVR Rockies podcast. 
if you're paying attention to people in New York and New Jersey on how the Rockies are going to do, you have no idea what's going on with the team. You have no clue. So there's a reason why they think they're going to go six. Uh, they're going to win 68 and a half games because yeah. they don't. Uh, and part of it, you can't blame them. Uh, they're the, uh, the Rockies are the hardest team to understand because they have different circumstances than everybody else. Sure. Part of it is they don't play well because they had an idiot running the team who thought he was a genius because he went to Harvard, but he really had no idea what he was doing. So, but now you do have somebody else different in there. Granted he was in there before, but he has already shown in some aspects that he is not like Jeff Breidich at all. And I mean, case in point, Chris Bryant, if Jeff Breidich is in the front office, do they sign Chris Bryant? Probably not. Because yeah. Bill Schmidt had the relationship with Chris Bryant. Right. And and I want to bring up something you said a few minutes ago, is don't underestimate the, the power and the value that Clint Hurdle is bringing now back with the Rockets yeah. organization. I think that, that that's that breath of fresh air, uh, to be honest with you, I think is that somebody in there who really knows Coors, knows the the trouble uh you know schmidt obviously with his long scouting history i think there's a lot to like about what is going on in the front office now all right so i i'm saying okay let me finish that i don't think they make the postseason okay i think they fall just under 500 but i don't think they make the postseason what about you you know as, as we've talked recently how i'm always pessimistic i'm really everything yep i think they're above 500 Okay. And if, if they make at least two moves at the trade deadline, you heard it here first. I will say the Rockies will be a playoff team. Okay. If they do that as they're currently constructed, they're not a playoff team, but they are close enough. And the NL is weak enough. And like I said, at the very beginning, part of it is you, if you're in the AL East and especially before the Austin Meadows trade, which that's a different story for another time of, okay, you have four teams that are really, really good. The Orioles are not going to contend. <laughs> and part of it is the Orioles are, the Orioles are going to lose 105 plus games again this year. They stink. They're off. So, but for the Rockies, they have more talent than the Orioles. Yes. And then you look at the rest of the national league. Dodgers are not as good. The Giants are not going to win 107 games again. The Padres, who knows? The D-backs are going to be better, but they're not a playoff team. Look at the Central. You got the Brewers, you have the Cardinals, and then you have the Cubs. I would say they're roughly in the wheelhouse of the Rockies. Pirates and Reds, I who cares? Yep. I mean, they're they're awful. The East, you have the Braves, you have the Mets that are a total dumpster fire, always are. If they're healthy, they're they're arguably on the Dodgers yeah. level, but yeah. they're never healthy. DeGrom, Scherzer, Taiwan Walker, Lindor stinks now. And by the way, if the Mets do get to the postseason, look for Francisco. Again, you heard this here first. Francisco Lindor will lay an absolute egg in the postseason. There you um, go. You look at the Phillies. Okay. They made some bullpen additions, but a lot of them are older guys. Are they are they going to be able to fix the worst bullpen in baseball? They tried to. Let's see if it actually happens. 
the Marlins, they have the pitching. They don't have anybody who can hit. And the Nationals stink. So really you're looking at, it depends on the Mets because the Mets are the Mets. The Mets um, are an interesting You've got one. maybe seven teams, maybe eight that will compete this year because Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Arizona, Miami, and Washington are already out. So there, there's a third of the league right there. And then uh, I, that, that's the thing where, especially with the injuries with the Mets, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish in fourth place um, <laughs> under the Marlins. It, it could happen, seriously. And it, that's it the thing like, where the, – and the Padres too. I, the Mets could be the glorious implosion that, A, they were last year, and, B, the Padres were last year as well. Yeah. It's very possible. So, And honestly, I'm not uh, – as we've discussed, I'm not hot on the Padres either. No. I, I, this is my bold take with the Rockies in the NL West. The Rockies are not a fourth-place team because the Padres are a fourth-place team. There you go. Don't be surprised. And I'm going to, this is a really hot take. Don't be surprised if the Rockies are not a third place team either. Which again, if things go right, if they're aggressive at the trade deadline, if they get the right pieces, it's Well, I mean, look at the Giants. I mean, they replaced Buster Posey with Jack Peterson. Yep. That's it. Then the rotation, they're more well-rounded, I would say, but they don't have as good of a guy as Kevin Gosman was last. I, I, and I think what Carlos Rodon does or doesn't do this year is a key yeah. for them. I really this is the, another key. Yep. Injuries. Yep. He's always injured. Yep. Always Good. injured. I mean, last year he made 24 starts. Two starts, four appearances, 2020. Seven starts in 19. 20 starts in 18. 12 starts in 17. He has a seven-year career. And he has pitched in more than 100 and. 39 innings once. Once. Well, we'll see what happens with San Fran because they are obviously banking on him quite a bit in their rotation, which will be interesting. Um, all right. We need to wrap up, man. Uh, yep. So I, th- I think we've done the good, the bad, and the realistic here. So, And we've um, got the ugly because I'm here. So, Because <laughs> I'm a bad person. So. Well, and, and, you know, the cool thing is the next time that we do this podcast, I will be down in Arlington uh, following in Noah Yingling's shadow from last year. Uh, so we will have a lot of actual baseball to talk about next time that we're together, which will I be. I do have really- to say, though, in Texas, it is a high uh, press box, not as high as Pittsburgh, though. Uh, or Washington, for that matter. Yeah, Pittsburgh and Washington, you, you might actually be in the stratosphere up there. Yeah. I'm not sure. Well, everything's bigger in Texas, so we'll see exactly <laughs> how that does. We'll see if we run into our old friend John Gray while we're down there as well. So, Noah, as always, my friend, it was good to talk to you and uh, appreciate all the hot takes, man. We'll see if those Padres really are a fourth-place team. Which, uh, if it even just for a Padres Twitter, I mean, you'd hate to see it. Yeah, yep. All right, that's a shame. That's a shame. So, well, hey, for my good friend, Noah Yingling, uh, uh, this is Kevin Henry. We are the co-experts on rockspile.com. Make sure you're checking us out every day. Fresh content. Rocky's focused on call or on, sorry, on rockspile.com, as well as Noah and I both take care of business on call to the pen.com as well. Talk about maybe some other teams inside the Rockies as well. So until next time, hey, it is almost opening day. Let's get excited. And hey. Let's go Rockies. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.